from South Carolina Public Radio. This is the South Carolina Lead. I'm your host, Gavin Jackson, and this episode was recorded on February 26, 2024, from South Carolina Public Radio Studios here in Columbia. I have survived, folks. That's right. I'm here to tell you the tale of survival on the trail. In fact, in this episode, we revisit the Republican presidential primary night of 2024. Awesome. Can you believe it? Yes. Mark yourself safe. Oh, yeah. You can always call in, give us a shout, tell us what you thought about Saturday night, what's going on in your world, 803-563-7169. We love hearing from you guys. I think we have some calls we need to listen to today. I'm getting a yes from producer A.T. Shire, so yes, he's not the host anymore, folks. And just get that out of your mind. That was a fluke. That podcast episode from Saturday was a fluke. Anytime we do teamwork around here, people think they're just going to get the pod. Now, how it goes. Maybe this summer, they'll try again. I don't know. (laughs) 803-563-7169. Thanks, folks. We'll see you in the wind down. Also... The lead survey is still active at southcarolinapublicradio.org slash lead survey. Let us know your thoughts, your feelings, your insights about the pod, what we could do better, what you want more of, what you want less of, everything in between. southcarolinapublicradio.org slash lead survey. Come on. Come on. The Associated Press named former President Donald Trump the winner of the South Carolina Republican presidential primary moments after polls closed at 7 p.m. Saturday night. And when I say moments, I mean one minute, right? Within minutes of that announcement, Trump and an array of South Carolina elected officials joined him on stage in Columbia. And we'll get to all that in a moment. But here's some more details about what went down on Saturday. There was a record 757,000 ballots cast in the primary and Trump received 60% of the vote to former Governor Nikki Haley's 40%, or just over a difference of 153,000 votes. Solid turnout there, including 205,000 people that voted early. So, here are the takeaways right off the top. Number one. Number one. Donald Trump's win in South Carolina cements him as the Republican Party's nominee. Yes, you could have said that after Iowa, New Hampshire, Nevada, and the U.S. Virgin Islands, but no— Now that the South has spoken, it is true. He is the nominee for sure. Of course, he won't become the presumptive nominee until later in March when he hits the 1,215 delegate mark in either Georgia on March 12th or Florida on March 19th. But it's only a matter of time, folks. In fact, SCGOP Chairman Drew McKissick said Saturday, quote, If we want to grow our economy, close our southern border, and save our country from a radical leftist agenda, then we need to unite our party right now and put Donald Trump back, all caps, in the White House this November. Translation. Surrender, Dorothy. I mean, Nikki. Number two. Number two. Crossover voters did not save Haley. They did turn out for her and help lower slash soften that trouncing, but those independents slash Democrats in New Hampshire were her best bet. And she only got within 11% of Trump there, so was not going to be the case here. The former governor never had a chance of winning her home state, a big negative in the political world. But this is a post-Trump political world where you can undermine allies and mock the military without recourse. So norms clearly are changing the party. But Haley did close the margin and somewhat outperform polls, where the polls had her losing to Donald Trump between 30 and 40 points. In actuality, she only lost by 20 points. And that margin between her and Trump was better than any poll. 
But it also signals a huge unity problem for the Republican Party come this fall. Because while she can't win a primary, Trump, according to polls, can't win the general election. Insight number three. Three. Despite the losses, people still want her to go forward. Haley raised $1 million within hours of losing, losing her home state. Uh? While Haley's outlook is becoming more futile, a lot of people clearly want someone, anyone besides Trump or President Joe Biden. Again, major warning signs blaring here for the fall that there isn't Republican Party unity. And even if she drops out, her supporters aren't going to exactly flock to Donald Trump and may even sit out November entirely. Not a good sign when both Democrats and Republicans need to turn folks out in critical areas this November. And number four. Why four? Because that's all I could come up with, folks. Number four. Number four. This is the party of Trump. AP Vocast found this, quote, It's official. The age of a small government hawkish Republican party appears to have ended. Instead, Republican primary voters strongly support domestic policies that require significant government investment like maintaining the current age of 67 for Social Security eligibility and building a border wall between the United States and Mexico. And they're showing less enthusiasm for intervention in conflicts with traditional U.S. rivals like Russia. Trump's stances resonate strongly with his base. According to the three surveys from the AP, roughly 7 in 10 Trump voters support an end to continued aid to Ukraine. Quote, now, from my insights to a great friend of the pod, South Carolina Associated Press reporter Jeffrey Collins, who had some great takeaways from the results on Twitter, and I want to recount them here for you now. This is from Jeffrey Collins. He said, first, anyone who knows South Carolina knows what the heat map of Trump counties match up with. It's basically a map of South Carolina's urban-rural divide and education attainment. South Carolina allocates some delegates by congressional district. Haley won Nancy Mace's first district, 53% to 47%. Jeffrey says, let's see if there is some recalibration in how hard to embrace Trump leading into June's Republican primary in the district with two of the three counties Haley won. He's talking about Charleston and Beaufort. And there are probably plenty of factors for this last one, but in a state that added more than 400,000 people from 2016 to 2024, turnout this year for the Republican primary was only 15,000 more than eight years ago. That's going to figure in some election calculus this year, I suspect. And Jeffrey had a final bonus thought. All right. He said the first congressional district had the most voters at 129,710. So I'm willing to entertain the thought a few more Democrats and independents cast ballots. Like we were talking about more crossovers there. We stand Jeffrey. Moving on, let's get to election night itself, where Trump was at the South Carolina State Fairgrounds for his election night party. And also there was Senator Lindsey Graham. Well, he spoke briefly on CNN before Trump officially won. And here's what he had to say when asked by Dana Bash whether Haley should drop out. Well, she's a friend and I want her to be part of the future of the Republican Party. I think she's very talented. I, we have a very similar worldview and Nikki has a lot to offer the party. And I, I just think there'll come a point after tonight 
if it's a big win, which I think it'll be, what's the narrative? What's the storyline? The voters have spoken, and most people are like me. I'm not voting against Nikki. I, I like her. I'm voting for Trump because I thought he's a good president who's been pretty badly treated. So that's what this election's about is it's appreciation for Trump, not any lacking in her. Well, you say that she's a friend and you want her to have a future in the party. Are you suggesting that if she stays in uh, past tonight, assuming she does not do well, that that would hurt her future? I, I, I don't know, not really. I just, the sooner we come together, the better. There's really no pathway for her after tonight. She did better than anybody from South Carolina running for president. She has a lot to be proud of, but we need to come together as quick as we can. I'm hoping president will give a gracious speech tonight and we get the party unified and focus on November. The sooner, the better. Senator, last night, uh, Donald Trump said at a gala for black conservatives that black people like him because of his four indictments and his mugshot and said that black conservatives understand the greatest evils in the U.S., in, in the history of the U.S., have come from corrupt systems that try to target and subjugate others. And what's happened to black Americans is now happening to him. Um, he's obviously a privileged white man. Do you think that kind of analogy does him favors with black voters? Well, number one, I think uh, African-Americans have a higher propensity of going to jail than really anybody else in the population. That's why we did the prison, re the First Steps Act under Trump to get people out of jail who've been serving long sentences for a multitude of misdemeanors. So he actually cares about this topic. But, you know, Trump believes he's a victim of out-of-control system in Washington, New York, uh, and Georgia, and I agree with that. So uh, at the end of the day, I think he'll do... I think he'll do better with African-American voters than any Republican since Reagan. Uh, again, that was Lindsey Graham on CNN before he went on stage with Trump and other elected officials where he was booed like he always is, even though Trump tried to defend him, say how much he likes him. Still got that typical reception, especially since Trump called him left. <laughs> Lindsey really not a leftist there. He just works with Democrats and Republicans to compromise on legislation to get things done. Anyway, Governor Henry McMaster told Mayan Schechter after he voted on Saturday that it was up to Haley to decide what to do. I really don't have a message. I think everybody just ought to make up their own mind, whether they're a candidate or, or a supporter or a voter. You think she should stay in? I think that's up to, up to her. That's up to all the candidates. Others have made their decisions. As for Haley's future, McMaster, who himself has been in politics for some 40 years, only reaching his career goal of becoming governor just seven years ago, said you just never can tell with politics in the future. Governor, do you think Haley has a political future past this election cycle? I, you cannot predict politics. You never know. I remember when Richard Nixon left, everybody thought that uh, he would be gone. Well, the first time after he didn't win the presidency in 1960, he'd been vice president for two terms. Everybody thought he was dead. And then he came back in 68 and won, and then won in 70, re-election in 72, and uh, had an enormous victory. It might have been the largest victory, one of the largest in the history. And then uh, in just a couple of years, he, he was gone, and everybody thought he was dead again. And then he was back on the book circuit and the lecture circuit and getting invited to everything. You can't ever tell. But let's hear from the candidates on election night. Okay. Shortly after the Associated Press called the race after polls closed at 7 p.m., Trump and Governor McMaster, as well as other supporters, were on stage with him in moments. In the great state of South Carolina. So that's pretty good. So it's a record times two. And 
There's something going on in the country. Some really great things are going on. You look outside and you see all of the horror. You see millions and millions of people coming across the border illegally. We don't know where they come from. They come from jails. They come from prisons. They come from all sorts of places that we don't want to know. They come from mental institutions and insane asylums. And we don't want that in our country. We're not going to stand for it. We're not going to stand for it. You have terrorists coming in. You have people coming in that we just can't, uh, we can't do this. No country could, could sustain what's happening to the United States of America. No country. So we're going to straighten things out. The border is the worst it's ever been. You know, in 2016, we won, and we had a bad border. And I talked about the border a lot, talked about it a lot. And I uh, said, so we're going to fix it. We're going to fix it. We fixed it very quickly. And in 2020, we couldn't talk about it, although we did get millions of more votes a second time. But now there's a spirit that I have never seen. We ran two great races, but there's never been ever. There's never been a spirit like this. And I just want to say that I have never seen the Republican Party so unified as it is right now. Never been like this. Trump right there saying that the party is unified when 40 percent of voters here were not in support of him. That's not unity at this stage in the game, at least. Trump did not mention Nikki Haley in his victory speech, something he probably changed since she had been hammering him on the stump for becoming unhinged in his victory speech in New Hampshire. She says and always gets a laugh when mentioning him focusing on her dress instead of the American people. Now that changed Saturday night with his sights set now on November. And not even mentioning Haley, like I said, but also attacking Joe Biden. In fact, he even toyed with moving Election Day up. Right now, we're a laughing stock all over the world. Our country is going to be respected again, respected like never before. So this is a, a fantastic evening. It's an early evening and a fantastic. So you can all go down and you can celebrate for about 15 minutes and we have to get back to work because the big date... The big date, you know, Michigan's coming up. We're doing great. The auto workers are going to be with us 100 percent because they got sold out by this country. But Michigan's up and uh, we're going to have a tremendous success there. And then we have a thing called Super Tuesday. And uh, I think we're leading 91 to 7 overall. And we have incredible friends and we're going to be up here on November 5th, and we're going to look at Joe Biden, and we're going to look him right in the eye. He's destroying our country, and we're going to say, Joe, you're fired. Get out. Get out, Joe. You're fired. They're destroying our country, and we're going to... I just wish we could do it quicker. Nine months is a long time. I just wish we could do it quicker, Mr. Governor. I wish we, is there anything you can do with your vast powers to make that, you know, in certain countries, you're allowed to call your election date. If I had the right to do it, I'd do it tomorrow. I'd say we're having an election tomorrow. Henry, is there anything you can do? Henry McMaster, our governor, can't do anything about election day because statutorily, it's the Tuesday next after the first Monday in November per American law. Ugh, pesky laws. Who wrote these things? Haley, in her speech in Charleston, did congratulate Trump on his victory. She appeared on stage by herself around 8.30, vowing to continue her fight on into Michigan on Tuesday and the slate of Super Tuesday states on March 5th. She also had a dire warning. 
love what we accomplished together, and I love how we united during our worst challenges and tragedies. I've always seen our state as a family. Families are honest with each other. They say the hard truths. That's what I've done this entire campaign. And that's what I'll do now. What I saw today was South Carolina's frustration with our country's direction. I've seen that same frustration nationwide. I share it. I feel it to my core. I couldn't be more worried about America. It seems like our country is falling apart. But here's the thing. America will come apart if we make the wrong choices. This has never been about me or my political future. We need to beat Joe Biden in November. That message of general electability is what this race has ultimately come down to. Yes, we hear some a little bit about policy stances here and there, but it's come down to general electability, personality, and leadership style on the Republican side. I don't believe Donald Trump can beat Joe Biden. Nearly every day, Trump drives people away, including with his comments just yesterday. Today in South Carolina, we're getting around 40% of the vote. That's about what what we got in New Hampshire, too. I'm going to count it. I know 40% is not 50%. But I also know 40% is not some tiny group. huge numbers of voters in our Republican primaries who are saying they want an alternative. I said earlier this week that no matter what happens in South Carolina, I would continue to run for president. Okay, now we've been talking a lot about the past, just a couple of days ago past, but let's start looking at the future and possibly the start of the wind down. No, not that, not, we have a little bit longer to go, not yet. Not yet! But when I'm talking about wind down, I'm talking about how Politico reports that Americans for Prosperity Action, that powerful conservative group that supported Nikki Haley in the Republican presidential primary, will no longer spend money on behalf of her campaign. In an email to staff obtained by Politico, Americans for Prosperity CEO Emily Seidel said Sunday that the group's political arm, AFP Action, had to, quote, take stock of its spending priorities after Haley's loss in the South Carolina primary. The Koch-aligned group, Seidel said, will now focus its efforts on competitive Senate and House races. Politico continues that AFP Action had funded advertisements and field operations for months last year that were designed to persuade Republican voters to back someone other than Trump in this primary. But it wasn't until late November that AFP Action tapped Haley as its desired Trump alternative. Since then, AFP has reached out to more than 3 million voters in those early nominating and Super Tuesday states, as well as purchasing millions of dollars worth of ads on Haley's behalf. So those are no longer going to be a factor there. 
the Haley campaign appreciated the support from the outside group, but said it has enough gas in the tank to keep going. Haley raised $1 million in less than 24 hours of losing South Carolina, or as her campaign spends it, getting 40% of the vote. Her campaign is up with a seven-figure ad buy in Super Tuesday states. This came after her camp upped the ad buy here in the final days from $4 million to $6 million. Remember, she started the month of February with $13 million on hand. That is nothing to shake a stick at, folks. And she barnstormed across the state for two weeks on her campaign bus, making multiple stops. Those events were held in interesting venues, sometimes just parking lots, parks, community areas, etc. Read free here, or hella cheap, because if the weather was cooperating, you could do it outside for pretty cheap. That's the advantage, because we're not New Hampshire or Iowa, folks. So the month of February was pretty cheap for her thrifty campaign, but the events never felt cheap. There's a difference there, folks. There was a consistent quality to all of her campaign events that her team has down to a science with the cultivated campaign playlist. She has the same AV crew that follows her around to all these places, the same banners, the American flag set up, selfie lines. It's a science out there. And that's what it comes down to. Now, this reached its peak on Friday night at Patriots Point, where after a morning of overcast skies and rainy weather threatening the last day of the bus tour, the clouds parted and the sun showed up in Monk's Corner at the first stop and it stayed that way until a stunning sunset in Mount Pleasant, silhouetting the fighter jets on the flight deck of the USS Yorktown, the culmination of the South Carolina tour. Of course, it was one of many sunsets the team took advantage of in Beaufort and in Clemson that also served as a metaphor for the winding down of the campaign. And with that, the sun rises on our wind down section. Now the music. Now the music! Thank you! Welcome to the wind down section, our little break from the news. We're glad you're here, A.T. Shire, producer of the lead podcast. That is my uh, first attempt at using my GavBot 3000. Hi, welcome to uh, (laughs) the wind down. Uh, No, uh, hello, Gavin. I'm glad you're in studio. I'm glad studio here, too. How's your voice doing? I mean, you did a lot of talking. I did. So much talking on Saturday. Yes, it was and amazing. And you would have thought I was going to go home and sit in silence for three days. Yeah. But I went out and did more talking. Yeah. I went out to halls, had a couple more. saw my daughter's teeny espresso. Yes, those are Gavin's daughters. future daughter's teeny espresso. Teeny espresso. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they're seven ounces each. They're doing great. The future host great. of this podcast, by the way. Yeah. If I did a podcast after hanging out with Teeny Espresso, I don't think I'd have a podcast anymore, folks. But that's live on our Patreon, guys. If you follow us on Patreon, not only do you get exclusive content of me just eating cakes, but I'm also, yeah, there's the tipsy wind-downs. The the cake stuff is real big in Italy. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, Gavin, we do have some calls. We're going to double dip. Are you ready? (laughs) What's the uh, tiramisu? Tiramisu. That's tiramisu. That's their aunt, tiramisu. <laughs> anyway, yeah. But, all right, oh, is that right. aunt tiramisu? <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's a call. Uh, we probably should have aired this before, but I had to host the pod, and so we didn't. Oh, do it oh okay. No. So we can blame Gavin that this didn't come before. Okay, it's very heavy lift. Yes. Here we go. Thank Here we you. Go. Good morning. My name is Sue, and I do want to say I am truly voting for Nikki Haley, and the reason I'm voting for Nikki Haley is because. I feel the Republican candidate, the other one, is definitely unqualified. You can't bulldoze your way, and you can't bully people into doing what you want to do. There's a place 
for that kind of stuff, and politics is not it. Now, there are those that think that they can get away with bullying other people by taking away their rights or just, you know, making comments, making negative comments. We teach our kids not to bully other kids, but yet we see this candidate do this with other people, so he is not an option at all. While I think Biden is doing a wonderful job with the circumstances that he was given, and the Republican candidate who was previously in office left this country in tatters, divided, you know, unwilling to support each other. It is time. It is time to unite. Divided we fall, unite we conquer. And that's why I'm voting for Nikki Haley. Thanks a lot for letting me leave the message. I really appreciate it. And I hope you have a great day. Take care. Thanks for calling, Sue. That sentiment is one that I've heard from a lot of voters on the campaign trail. And I think we heard from a lot of people with those vote numbers that we're looking at there, a lot of crossover voters as well. So a lot of even Republicans feeling that way. It's not just Democrats or independents. It's Republicans who feel that way, too. But again, not enough of them. No. And while she didn't win, a lot of people did agree with you, Sue. So we'll leave it. We'll leave it at that. And Gavin, the next call, not quite the same uh, topic, but uh, I think that it is important for the future so Teeny and Espresso don't have to host this pod sooner rather than later. Okay, so are you ready? <laughs> they uh, they could never host this pod. <laughs> I, I, you're going to su- su- succession style, studio. just uh, su- su- studio <laughs> style, uh, yes, cut them off at it. the knees for the rest of their lives and pit them against each other. Very good. Anyway, Gavin, here we go. No spoilers. Hey, Gavin and AT. This is Baby's Mama calling again, um, still from the sick room. I swear we had two stomach viruses go through this house over the last week. I just want to call in and say happy 500 episodes. I am hoping that will be on 501. And uh, I really appreciate all the coverage that y'all do of everything in South Carolina and with the political goings-ons. I'm going to take your Celsius and caffeine issue to my AP Chem students. And we're going to find out how many Celsius drinks are safe to drink in a single day for a average adult male. I'm going to guess somewhere around 180 pounds. So um, I'll do that math and I'll report back to you because there are things like um, uh, LD50 is the lethal dose of about 50% of test subjects would die from. And so usually you can take those numbers and run with them. It'll be fun. It'll be a nice little bell, bell work for them. Otherwise... I hope that all's well with the baby and the baby mama at home AT. Please take care of her. Keep her, keep them both happy. I uh, will reach back out once I get my, once I got that math done. All right, y'all. Stay safe. Bye. Baby's mama, thank you. Hate that you're still down with the sickness. <sighs> Gavin, I love that you made a disturbed reference there because I was, in my mind, going to mention that LD50. LD50. I know what that is, is that because a planet? that is the name of Mudvayne's first album. <laughs> down with the sickness. Anyway, Gavin, keep going. Thank yes, her. thanks for the 500th love. We are on 503. I mean, 503. Just, we just snuck in... Three more episodes that quickly. Two <laughs> extra episodes in one day. I can believe her. I hosted that. the one, of course, that everyone that loved. probably doesn't and count. And then we put the radio <laughs> one on, so. <laughs> I think the ones that you and Mayan did, like, don't really count. Don't really count. Don't we really can probably count. kick it under 500 yeah. again, actually. Well, we're going to be celebrating 500 for, I don't know, the next six months, I it's think. Our, it's our 500th six months. So, and uh, yeah. I love that baby's mama, like, already was like, oh, what's he weigh, 180 pounds? Like, <laughs> 
Yes, girl. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and say that. I'm actually I'm pushing around 190 these days. Uh, anywhere from 190 to 200. The trail. It's, oh the yeah, trail. the trails actually got me in better shape. Surprisingly. Really? Oh yeah. Really? I have like obliques for the first time. Probably because I'm carrying 40 pounds of gear up and down steps You're bleaking, and around. Dude. I am like bleaker. Doit. If you were uh, a muppet, you'd be bleaker. I, I love bleaker. <laughs> um, <laughs> beep, beep. Uh, speaking of average adult males, yes. AT, do you have an idea about what the average adult male height, the height of an average adult male is? 5'10". Close. It's 5'9". Really? We are both above average, my I'm friend. I'm giant, You are a giant in I'm the land of men. I'm crushing it. Uh, the average weight for a man in America? 200. Close. 197. Really? So I'm I'm, I'm just right there. I'm pinning these guesses. Yeah. You, uh, you're just like a short 200-pound man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, if you just gonna go in like the BMI index, we all know is a little askew, but yeah, still, yeah. Uh, you want to be proportional, folks. The lead says be moderate, be proportional. Any, when it comes to your body. Anyway, we love you. We love your Bobby. Bobby. We love your Bobby. We love your Bobby. We love your Bobby. Baby's mama. We love all body types, but you know, be healthy, be wealthy. Uh, thank you for calling. Yes, my baby's fine. Honestly, it's been boring. How <laughs> how like well it's gone. Oh, you know this what fetus I mean? is so boring. No, no cravings of any kind I for Caitlin. Caitlin. Had a crazy one. A she ago. had. I wish it is was it crazy. Subsided? It was crazy. Oh well, that's it's. She it's, wanted pancakes so with as, Nutella. Not so yeah. much a craving as it is just becoming yeah. snooty. So I had to learn how to make crepes, which is just thin, thin pancakes. Mm. So that I, Spoiler I, alert. I get that it's lucky that it's been sort of easygoing and and yeah. good, and I don't regret that. But I she's was still working and supporting the family. I make no money at this. I I volunteer. <laughs> yeah. for this podcast. So <laughs> well, she's I, happy you got that other. Insurance. I'm not making any money here. So <laughs> anyway. People, if you want to send, if you want to send me money yeah. or Gavin money, <laughs> Gavin's two daughters they they cost a lot. They take up a lot of his they time. Cost around twenty five dollars each. Yeah, a day, a single serving, a day. Yeah, twenty five dollars a day for espresso and teeny. Just to have a good, just have a good education. You know, I want them to have the best of everything. Yeah. So people, please. top shelf, if you will. I want them to be top shelf. Uh, these are top shelf kids, people. Okay. Even Aunt Tiramisu is pretty cool. Anyway, people, please call in five hundred. It's still top. We you still, <laughs> still have time, all right? You have another year till we get to the 600s, yeah. all right? So thank it's, you for calling. Yeah. Keep calling in. Be like these people. Give us your hot takes. Take the survey. <laughs> okay, I need you to take the survey. And anyway, please pay me. Bye. All right. That's from all of us here, including my daughter, Espresso and Teeny and Aunt Tiramisu. And we love hearing from you guys like Sue and Baby's Mama. And you can be just like them at 803-563-7169. You can always leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you don't want to do either of those things, you can always fill out the survey, like AT said, at southcarolinapublicradio.org slash lead survey. And you can stay up with the latest news on sceTV.org and southcarolinapublicradio.org. And don't forget to support your local newspapers. For the South Carolina lead, I'm Gavin Jackson. Be well, South Carolina. Okay. okay. All right. <laughs> what are you eating? I found some cheese sticks in the fridge. Oh, there you go. <clears throat> My go-go.